Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. How'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. New day, Eagles fans. Welcome, everybody. Come one, come all to episode 38 of the Grease Paul podcast. Appreciate you taking part, however, you're doing so. As always, you can follow along on the gram at Grease Paul Podcast. Every episode is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes available every Monday. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Sharing is caring. All that good stuff. Leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you very much. Now that the obligatories are out of the way, we did the best of 2020 last week, so new episode, but I don't know, maybe it wasn't necessarily fresh, but we get a fresh start uh, looking forward in 2000, 2021, whatever the hell this year is, going forward, and we do so with a new head coach, Justin. The birds, uh, the birds, the birds have their guy now. We only interviewed about 583 people, but we got a guy now. I'm excited for you. Um, but firstly, uh, they interviewed like a lot of people. What's funny is they hadn't interviewed anybody yet. Right. When we talked last week, right? Started a week. We got a, uh, a week start behind. We started a week later than everybody else. Talking's an issue right now for (laughs) me. Right before we got on the air, something just popped up in my throat and I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to work through it while Uh suppressing it right now. I don't think I'm doing a great job, but (laughs) So yeah, we got a week. Uh, we started a week late, and here I am still stumbling because you know Peterson was still hovering like an albatross. So yeah, yeah. and then we didn't interview anybody for a while, and then all of a sudden we interviewed like twenty three people in one day. Well, I mean that's a bit of a stretch, obviously. Well, yeah, but a lot of fucking people. Uh, I'm I'm happy you guys got somebody, but I I, I got to be honest. <laughs> I saw I saw Deuce is out. Yeah. And then you told me just before we went on that he's going yes. to Detroit for the same job. <laughs> yeah, dude. Ouch. He deuce, deuce, deuce hit him with the deuces. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't blame him. I know. Pass over him. Dude, I, I look, he I would have done the same thing. A hundred percent. I've I mean, I've left jobs for lesser shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But but I, I think what kills it, what what fucking detroit man detroit detroit when we listed uh the (laughs) available jobs like two weeks ago yeah we both were like ah detroit no it's the lions man nobody wants that and he didn't even go to take their head coaching vacancy right Right. they didn't even make him oc they go we'll give you the same gig and that's fine that's (laughs) sign me up i'll take it get me out of here i I can't blame him like i want i don't either man like, how do you pass the dude up? I mean, again, like, I, it sounds like you guys got your guy, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, you have somebody in house who clearly loves <coughs> the team, who fires everybody up. Players like, were texting the owner, like, "Yo, this is who we want." So, like, how do you not? 
he should have got more of a more of a look than I think he I think I've always got the the impression with him that the interviews and everything else are obligatory. Yeah, let's just do it because he is qualified and people like him and he's respected. So let's just give it to him. Plus, there's I mean, the elephant in the room is he's black. So yeah. he he fulfills the Rooney rule. And that is fucked up. Mad fucked up. But I mean, let like it, it, Jeff Laurie would probably say something different, but at the end of the day, like, okay, you can come off like you want to give your guy a chance because he's been there for so long, but at the same time, you're checking a box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. And I mean, that wasn't necessarily, he wasn't the only black guy we interviewed this time, you know? But, hey. yeah, right. <laughs> right, yeah. So we didn't, they weren't all like you didn't, you know, we went outside the one you have to do. Yeah. yeah. Diversity. Yeah. Even okay. though our new coaching staff looks all like a bunch of Q-tips. Oh, boy. Except for the defensive line coach. He's an old black guy. He's already my favorite dude. <laughs> I bet the fucking that guy, Tracy Rocker, he's going to shake shit up. He's Good. not going to deal with these 30-year-old white dudes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, Deuce went to Detroit, man. I, I wish him well, except Detroit's going to fucking – it's, it's Detroit. Detroit. Like, when have they ever uh, – <coughs> when has – sorry, Joe. Uh, when has that team <laughs> ever gotten anything right? Like, you ran Barry Sanders out of town, man. Him, Megatron. Now they're not even bringing back Matthew Stafford. I think he Ooh. saw their head coach's introductory press conference. This dude was talking about biting kneecaps off. Huh. He's like, you knock us down, we're going to kick you in the teeth, and we're going to bite your kneecap off. We're going to get back up, and we're going to bite it again. Like, my man went through an entire – he covered the entire Friday the 13th series in his press conference. All right. Dan Campbell did. All right. And uh, white guy, by the way. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, Just what the league needs. Right. That dude, you know. <laughs> Bounty Gate got resolved, and now we have kneecaps being eaten. Eek. So Oof. that's who Detroit went with. Bounty, Bounty Gate is really near and dear to my heart. Uh, it, right, right. Pretty much the reason I bowed out. <laughs> the Saints have been paying for that, though. Yeah. Because that's what kills me about Saints fans is act like they never got, like the one ring you guys got was from some bullshit. Mm -hmm. So please spare me the, spare me the woe is me. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, you got your guy. Yes. So, you know, I didn't mean to, like, you know, crap in your Cheerios here. <laughs> no, it's all good because it, it the deuce thing needs to be discussed. And at the end of the day, man, like, I get – I think my guy JR said on the gram yesterday, like, I don't get it with deuce. He's been here forever, you know, and, and he could never get past a coordinator status. I'm paraphrasing, but – you know, it, it shouldn't it help to get fresh eyes across the board? And I, I'm not against that. I agree. Mm -hmm. But then what the fuck is Howie Roseman still doing here? Yeah. Like, if we're going to do the let's hit reset button and get all new eyeballs on the product, fuck yeah, I'm all for it. That's what we've been saying. But that, still one dude. the weasel's still here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm starting to be convinced there's a... I've had this weird theory on Taysom Hill and Sean Payton in New Orleans for a while. Like, why would you pull off, even though Drew, Drew Brees can't throw a football anymore, why would you put in the gimmick guy in a playoff game when you have one of the best quarterbacks of all time fucking playing quarterback for you? Like, I've always thought that Taysom Hill has, like, some 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 nudes or something to Sean Payton. <laughs> that or there's, like, a, a situation where maybe something gets reciprocated. I don't know. But I'm starting to think there might be something like that with Jeff Laurie and Howie Roseman. There is like Must a be. weird loyalty to this guy that has done nothing to fuck up his team. <laughs> like what? What do you got on me? And like right. <laughs> like in, it, it, like it, we'll forgive you for it, man. Just get this guy out of here. 
<laughs> get him out of here. Like, if it's murder, we'll help you bury the body, dude. Just please mm-hmm. fire Howie. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is funny to hear, too, because, like, not that you were necessarily singing his praises a year ago yeah. when he first started the show, but you were like, you're very forgiving with him. and Yes. And then here we are. And then, well, the the, the cardinal sin for me was Jalen Hurts. And I, I've, I've, this hire has made me uh, reevaluate my thoughts on my guy 11 as well. But I, it wasn't a good first episode uh, to, to title in Howie I Trust. And then the season happened the way it was. So your boy didn't come out of the gate guns blazing, really, <laughs> looking super intelligent. That's another reason I hate him. Hey, finally started the pod, and you made me look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> You know, because I'm like, look at his draft record. And it was good up until about 2000, after the Wentz year. Mm-hmm. And then, you <laughs> know. And, right, and, like, and you want to give guys time to develop, too. Like, I've never been one of those guys, like, you can judge a draft class a year or two. After. Like, you have to you have to give it time, man. You have to, like, play. yeah, like, these te- these outlets that put out draft grades immediately after, like, the draft. Nobody's even, they haven't even signed their fucking rookie contracts yet. That's why I did draft stuff differently. Like, what are you doing, man? You don't. We don't know what any of these people are going to fucking be for the most part. Like, give it time. But you know, it, this year became pretty pretty clear that that old Howie is uh, just just he he thinks he's bigger, well endowed downstairs than I think he really is. He's overcompensating. He's the guy, you know, in the in the in the big lifted Silverado with the with the truck that I, he may not have a "Don't Tread on Me" flag, but. And Skinner might not be going does. right, but he's definitely the guy Piss in the lifted. Democrats, <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely the guy in the lifted truck. I don't know if he's got give me three steps going or not, but <laughs> he's up there looking down on you at a stoplight, judging you. Mm. You know, yeah, he's that guy. Boo. Fuck that guy, seriously, and fuck Howie Roseman, seriously. <laughs> but I, I I seriously thought you guys were just going to switch to all black gear. Like <laughs> <laughs> we need to. We need to. I that would saw, dude. Seventy two dolphins. Watch out. We're going undefeated. Sixteen and zero. Yeah. Fuck the greens. Fuck, we're even going to wear the blacks on the road, dude. <laughs> you know. Side note. I hope to God, because we do. We we're the gear freaks. We have a gear pod. We already know that the Bengals are changing gear this year. Mm-hmm. I I'm waiting. They have to, right? Dude, if we're hitting reset. You don't want to get rid of your guy. It's got to be. Let's do it. It's got to be. Like, we're new head coach. We've had these things for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I I love the midnight greens. I love the color. I have a fucking room in my house painted that way. Yep. That color. I love it. But it, it's time, man. The whites are god-awful. <laughs> the whites are fucking hideous. It doesn't help that we always wear a white pant with the white top. That makes it even worse. Always. And I just, I it, it's got to be. You always get a couple. There's a couple. There's never just one team that changes, and that's it. Never. Yeah. There's always a couple. So I'm praying to God, you know, or whatever there is out there, that it's it's not just Cincinnati. Like there's going to be a couple more, and I fucking hope we're among them. It has to be right because like uh, San Diego recently did. Well, just Los last Angeles. year. No, they're still. You were right. <laughs> I still call them San Diego out of spite, just like Oakland with Las Vegas. Right. Cleveland's not going to change. Las Vegas isn't going to change. Yeah. The yeah. Jets just had a change. Right. I mean, who else is out there? The I, Dolphins just changed. Not too long recently. ago. Yeah. I'm hoping my what I'm hoping for. Just this is the gear freak in me that I'm okay. Cincinnati's changing. They were due as well. Mm-hmm. They went to what they've got, and I want to say 2002, right around when they drafted, or 2003, it was right around when they drafted Carson Palmer. 
they went to their get-ups they've had. We've had the Midnight Greens since 96. 95 was our last year in the Kelly Greens. Mm. Uh, God, it has been that long. Forever, man. Yeah. And, like, they took a while to find their foot. Like, if you go back and look at the 96, 97 Midnight Greens, they were fucking ugly. They eventually found their, like, because they were, like, weird stripes on the sleeves and shit, and the numbers were stupid looking. And they Like, they eventually tweaked it to where it looked better. Mm-hmm. But it's been fundamentally the same thing since 96, man. That's like a long time. We got to change. I'm hoping it's the Cincinnati one excites me. Uh, I'm hoping it's us. Arizona would be nice. Please. Because way too much piping. Yeah. And they're just like, you have so much potential. That helmet, the Cardinals <laughs> helmet is elite. It's so nice. So but good. that jersey is a fucking train wreck man like i don't know what they think they're up to with that thing but look at us being clever and, yeah dude like it's not it's not they were better having the 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 pat tillman's where you just had like the you know the the cardinal red and the white number seriously with the state flag on the sleeve like that was fine yeah and you switch to this shit right like come on man the uh Denver would be nice too. Denver would be nice too because they they've had them since what ninety seven ninety seven ninety eight yeah like and they look yeah like when they first came out they were kind of hot yeah and then it but it but it they ran their course by like oh three you're like oh man you know what I kind of miss the orange crush and then they kind of switched to wearing the orange ones Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but this isn't the orange crush right stop fooling me you're not. I know what's out here. Good. <laughs> right. I know what's out here. It's not it's not what you're trying to pretend that it is. Yeah. And then I know this won't happen. I Seattle needs to they, they do man. bad. They won't. They won't. I, I think they're for whatever reason they love the CFL look. I don't know why, because they had for years like the the Joey Galloways, the Jim Zorn, the Bosworths, they were nice. They were good. Yeah. And then they went to the Sean Alexanders, the deals they went to the Super Bowl with against uh, Pittsburgh, that mm-hmm. rigged-ass Super Bowl, by the way. Yeah, Those were nice. I always thought they were cool. Yeah. The Hasselbacks. I thought they were nice. And then they went to this shit, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, you always had cool gear. You're the Neon Seahawks. Green? Yeah, what man. What are you doing? <laughs> and what are those designs everywhere? too much like, <laughs> you're the Seahawks yeah and you have it you have it written on one of the the just forever piping everywhere and whatever that shit is but it's written on one of like the shit it just looks it looks like ass <laughs> too much and change the Rams again too I know it's only uh, been a year yeah. but get that out of here man it's not gonna happen get that out of here I want them to but it's not gonna they happen. need to man they just those aways look like just a just the bones yeah, they look like somebody jizzed in a rag and left it sitting around. Like, it's not even, uh, uh Randy said something about the, the Rams, like, the helmet being okay. And I'm like, I guess in a vacuum compared to the bones and, like, their their uniform? Yeah. Sure. If you see the helmet just sitting, like, on a table, it's okay. But, like, if you look at it closely, right. you'll realize, no, it's not. It's, it's Especially not- when they had Right, you had the Rams had su- the Rams had elite gear, dude. Absolutely, the Dickersons Forever. were so good. Even yeah, the Warners were good. They were, they were. I I think the 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 ones they wore in the Super Bowl a couple years ago were like the 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 just the golds and the blues. Mm-hmm. That those are as good as they get in the yeah. NFL across the board. I think that's that's Rushmore level shit. And then you you scrap them. Here, let's break up the the uh, horn. Right, right. Okay. Uh... <laughs> What? 
hey, let's make numbers out of the horns. What? Yeah, dude. And then they, they, they have a patch on the jersey. That not Like the Seahawks at least just says Seahawks on there. Mm-hmm. Like they shifted a lot of teams have it underneath the yeah. – the, the neck or whatever, they just shifted it over the shoulder, which looks stupid. But you have a patch on the – it says Los Angeles Rams. It's too much. We know. Yeah. <laughs> we know. Even people that don't watch – this isn't hockey. Like, people that – even people that don't watch, like we talked about the tail stripes, mm-hmm. Buffalo Capitals, the reverse retros, like people that don't even watch football, fucking know who – like, football teams are. Yeah. I Do not spell it out. <laughs> I don't need all of it. God damn it, man. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Like that—that's becoming a dangerous trend, man. I don't like—I don't like where we're going with gear. I don't. With that, with that. Imagine if that all of that just kind of takes over the league. Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> just dip out. You're like, all right, this gear's trash now. Yeah, I'm out. Why does it look like NFL Europe out here? <laughs> Fuck. That'll be a fun episode coming down. Yeah, dude. Can't wait. Hell yeah. <laughs> I hope we go the route, though, if we do. God damn, I hope we do. I hope we go the way that, like, Cleveland went, where they, like, they cleaned up, like, their classic look. That's yeah. I would be all about clean up the Kelly Greens, bring them back. Because I miss I miss that silver pant, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm tired of seeing the white pant. I'm tired of it. I fucking hate the white pant, dude. <laughs> I hate it. There's, there's instances where a white pant can work, but the white on white, for the Eagles, no thanks. It's ass, dude, and we wear it with everything. We always like. There's no green pant no more, and Aww. the green pant was nice. I mean, I, there might still be, but it's not. They don't wear them as much. I don't know. I, I don't know why. The Ugh. green pant, right? Shuttered. <laughs> Shower time now. <laughs> they're they're gross, man. I don't I don't know. Get the white pant out of here. Get it out of here. Give me that silver pant back and those Kelly greens. I hope. God, I hope. Because I want to spend money. I've been holding off buying like certain Eagles jerseys that I want mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got too many of these fuckers already. <laughs> like, I I would like to give you more of my money, please, but help me. Help like me it gets that. to a point. Yeah, man, it gets to a point where it's like, how many more do I need? It's yeah. just a different name and number on there. Yeah. Like, and I've got throwbacks, and I've got. I've got a white or two. I never wear them, though, because gross. And I've even got a couple of the blacks just because, okay, I'll buy into the gimmick for a couple days out of the year and I'll wear the black jersey. Fine. Begrudgingly, but I'll do it. But it's predominantly midnight greens once you still like in terms of the current get ups, what we have. Why do I want to keep buying those? You don't <laughs> like I, I can't I bought enough. They're literally all this is just a different name and number. Yeah. Like we're talking it's more than like I've got two or three. Like it's enough. It's been long enough to I mean, if you're not gonna go back to the Kelly Greens, you gotta do something. To fucking, Some sort of change is too long. Right, man. Like I I'm I'm fucking I love the color by itself. We won the Super Bowl in it, but move on. The Vikes have even changed their gear. Like, yeah. And again, multiple times, yeah. <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. I mean, at least at least if you're saying, OK, we're going to stick with the midnight green. Can we at least get a different design? Do that. Exactly. Update it a little bit up Upda- or even keep the current design and make it Kelly green. Yeah. 
fucking anything, man. Something. God damn it. I'm tired of looking at this shit all the time. And again, like, not to... <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> I, man. I feel like... I feel like now's a good time because he came off a really disappointing season where hopes were pretty high. Right. And it's like, you know what? Let's let's get the refresh. Yeah. Let's, let's go out here and look our best. Excite the fan base a little bit. New coach. We can and that that shit matters too, it man. Does. And you know what? If you guys go out and I don't want to say shit the bed, because if you go like three and thirteen, it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> but you're gonna be a little bit more forgiving because You've made some changes. There's something, man. Yeah. Something to get a little geared up about. Like it, I think the best time to do it, like you said, is when there is a a bit of a change organizationally. Like Cincinnati has had the same thing. I keep going back to the Bengals, but they've had the same shit for years. I hope to God they get rid of that white panel, that white stripe down the side. By yeah. the way, get that out of here. I can't wait to see what they do, but. They've had the same shit for, you know, 18, 19 years. They draft Joe Burrow. You've got your franchise quarterback for the next 10-plus years. Now we make Now's a change. Yep. Now's the time. Like, yeah, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> the Bengals figured that out. Them and their owner is shit, yeah. dude. Like, we actually have a smart owner. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the fact that he keeps the weasel around, keep- but... You can't get rid of Roseman for right, some reason, but. right? Because he's got pictures of his penis or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Brett Favre, <him>. but <laughs> it baffles me, man. I was thinking about. I'm like, man, we have reset everything. Even Deuce is gone now, and this nuclear holocaust just happened, and this fucker survived, mm-hmm. and he's just still sitting there grinning at everybody. Hey, yeah, you fuckers I'm thought fine. I'd be out the door. I'm st- everybody else is gone. I'm still here. And again, like, I hate him. You're coming up on the draft. You got to get rid of him now before the draft. Before he right. Before he right. Before he fucks up the six overall pick. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, oh man. Uh, I did. I just want to. I, I I want them to come out with new gear so I can give them more of my money, and and be depressed. <laughs> About my investment. Depressed in the Kelly Greens instead of the Midnight's. It's it's something different, man. I'm tired of being depressed in the same shit. That Super Bowl feels like forever ago. My tattoos doesn't even... My my Super Bowl tattoo doesn't even look fucking green anymore. (laughs) That's how long ago it was. So what do we got for the people on Gear Freaks this week? Well, speaking of depression... (laughs) Right. So we we went into our first, like, hatred. Like... Yeah, don't like the Lakers. Nope, not a whole lot. We had Dennis Black and Asian on, and I'll say this: he made us kiss the rings. Yeah, no, he was really aggressive. We love him, but yeah, no, it was. But he put us in our place. We knew what was up real quick. (laughs) Yeah, we were like, okay, we we had to. (laughs) He was the dom of of that episode. I'm with it though. (laughs) Yeah, no, 100. percent We just, I wish we would have established a control word before we went into it. Yeah, like, hey, man, like, uh, yeah. We get it. Banners. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was awesome, though, man. It was. It was. And he he wasn't like when we suggested, hey, I think it was me because it was uh, that shitty Sixers team of ours that they beat in the finals, and then they beat that shitty Orlando Magic team. Like, oh, man, you got two banners from beating – Nobody. Those are the worst NBA Finals teams this side of 2000. I'm sorry. And yeah. one of them's mine, but they were fucking. You had Iverson and Eric Snow out there <laughs> and like dead Dikembe Mutombo and Tyrone Hill and Aaron McKee. That hey, team that's sucked. That's a Finals team. Right. 
You know, like you, you got a banner, sure, but and he he just wasn't having it. Yep, he was like, "Man, we got one." Yeah, <laughs> not my fault. Your conference sucks. Oh, well, you kind of <laughs> you're right. Come to think of it, you're right, sir. <laughs> it's <was> great. <laughs> you're you right. Put us in our place. I will flush my point down the toilet. <laughs> Wonderful. I thought I was true. Like like we tried to backdoor like jab him a little bit. Yeah, and he wasn't. He just wasn't having it. None, dude. <laughs> and I think my favorite part. I'm a Suns fan. <laughs> I kept trying to say, we're your rivals. Yeah. He's like, nah, man. I think he said at one point, we are the Lakers are everybody's rival. Like, basically, like, you, you, Suns fans, circle Lakers games on the calendar, but we don't give a fuck when we're playing Phoenix. I was like, meow. Yeah. I think you could hear me deflate. Right. Like, oh, I say what to this? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> It was a blast. It was a blast. Always is on Gear Freaks. Follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Gear Freaks Pod. New episodes drop on all podcast platforms each and every Tuesday. Check it out. Subscribe, rate, review. Share the links out to that as well. The squad's got a coach, people. The squad has a coach. And I got to say, after the news broke of the hiring of Nick Sirianni, the first – the first thing that came to mind, as fucking dumb as this is, is the name just sounds like a Philly guy, right? Hey, Sirianni. It just sounds like a Philly guy. But then when you get past that, right, you, you start to look at it and you go, okay, there have been, as we discussed, 1,596 fucking interviews for this gig since we fired Doug Peterson a week after everybody else. <laughs> and, you know, you're still sitting there, okay, is down to us in Houston and every other vacancy's full and Deshaun Watson's basically, you know, holding their organization hostage. He wants Eric B. enemies, but what is holding us up? We've interviewed all these guys. Why is nobody standing out? What's the deal? And it, it things started to kind of trickle out. You know, players were texting Jeff Laurie, hey, we want Deuce. Deuce is our guy. Then you start to hear <clears throat> that a lot of phlegm there. <laughs> then you start to hear Josh McDaniels is Howie Roseman's guy. Howie Roseman liked Josh McDaniels a lot, which is the least fucking surprising thing in the world that a piece of shit would like a piece of shit, right? An arrogant white guy would like an arrogant white guy. I'm surprised they both weren't in the, you know, in the meeting pulling out rulers. But that was his guy. And it had started to look for a second like, okay, is it going to be one of these two dudes? And, again, I was I was fine with Deuce. We discussed that. Dable was choice number one for me. Deuce was runner-up. The following day is when Nick Sirianni comes in for an interview. And you start hearing that, okay, he is a legitimate candidate. Interview lasted over the course of two days. You go, okay, maybe there's something to this. And the more you start to think about it again, okay, Deuce comes, he's prepared, he has a coaching staff, suggestions filled out, ready to go, but it never felt like the organization took took Deuce Staley seriously as a candidate. It never did. So that kind of tells you that you can rule Deuce out, which leaves Josh McDaniel sitting there like an ass. And then Sirianni hires excuse me, interviews, does well. 
And you start to you start to think and you start to connect the dots. Okay, Nick Sirianni is in Indianapolis. Who is Indian? Who is in Indianapolis? Christ Almighty, say that three times fast. Who is there? Who's their head coach? Frank Reich, obviously, right? Who's the guy that every Eagles fan has wanted since they left and wished that this should have been the guy instead of Doug Peterson? It's fucking Frank Reich. He is the Colts head coach. Sirianni is working under him as his offensive coordinator. Per Frank Reich, Sirianni has had uh, – no, he hasn't called plays, but he's been an integral part of game plan, you know, play design, things of that nature for a team that has had a top 10 offense these past couple years. So you start to think about this and you go, man, you know what? At least me personally, I can't speak for anybody else. I started thinking about it. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I want this guy. Because Brian Dable had since turned down, you know, said he was not interested in the gig. Okay. There went my number one candidate. Deuce always just felt like a, a formality. I didn't want Josh fucking McDaniels. So give me Nick Sirianni. And then the news broke. Nick Sirianni's hired. And... You know, again, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say good hire, bad hire. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's the same as draft grades as we just discussed where you don't – grading grading a draft, you know, the weekend – 48 hours after a draft concludes is, is a pointless exercise. I get it. Everybody's in the content business. You're looking for clicks, downloads. I get it. But it's lazy. Because you don't know, you don't know what anybody's going to be, and again, you don't know whether or not the birds are going to go five and eleven next year. Whether or not they're going to go eleven and five, you don't know. I don't think it's probably it's probably going to be somewhere in between. It's probably the truth. But it, a gut feeling is I like this hire. You see what Indianapolis has done on offense. They were a playoff team this year. They ran into red hot Buffalo. And 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 they lost. And again, this was with Philip Rivers at quarterback, a guy that is you know old as fuck and throws sidearmed. And and that guy was running a top ten offense with Nick Sirianni as the offensive coordinator. So you look at it and you think, okay, what this means is this feels like a hire to, for lack of a better term, fix Carson Wentz. And Jeff Laurie, Howie Roseman, still seem to be of the opinion that Carson Wentz can be fixed. That's the entire reason why Nick Sirianni is here to begin with. Because, you know, again, Carson Wentz has been mulled over time and time again. Carson and Doug did not get along. They jettisoned Doug, get him the fuck out of here, enter Sirianni. So you bring in a guy in Sirianni that worked with Frank Reich, who has been able to reach Carson Wentz more than any other coach in Carson's career thus far in the NFL. And so you've got Frank can give Sirianni the scouting report on Carson, how to coach him, how not to coach him, things of that nature, what he responds to, what he doesn't. And he has that advantage coming to Philly, which is great, which is great. I will say this, as it pertains to Carson Wentz, and I've been Captain Carson, but I will say this. The organization stuck with him, and I think it was the right move. But if after this hire, 
Carson Wentz does not have, I don't want to say the MVP level season, but damn close. If Carson does not come out like a fucking house on fire this season, I think he has to go. Because you have, you've got a guy that has now been hired regardless of what the organization says, more or less specifically to come in here and and prove that this 2020 season was an anomaly. If you if he comes in here and if you're Carson and you're on your bullshit again and you're not you're you're being quasi uncoachable and you're still doing the same shit in your sixth year now in the NFL, your first year of this big contract, clearly it 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 is on you at this point. It is on you. It is not on they have fired the guy who you viewed as as a nemesis that you did not get along with. They have brought in another guy. If you cannot make this work, you're the issue. You are now the common denominator. And, again, by all reports, Sirianni has an edge to him. Certainly more of an edge than Doug Peterson did. I think that was, as it pertained to handling Carson, I think that was an issue. A player's coach can be a good thing, and I think that's what Doug Peterson was, clearly, right? We're eating fucking haagen after meetings and shit. That's what Doug Peterson was. It was a player's coach. Sirianni seems to have more of an edge to him, which is what Carson – Carson may not like it initially, but it's what he needs to sit him down and go, yo, throw the fucking ball away. No more of this dumb shit you've been doing nonstop for the last five years. It ends now. And, again, all reports d- d- say that Sirianni's got an edge to him. That is what Carson Wentz needs. So I think if if this does not – if you don't see strides, and I'm still, again, one of those people that think that Carson Wentz is closer to 2017 than what we saw this past year in 2020, but significant steps need to be made. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're spinning your tires, in my opinion. Carson has to show significant improvement this year. He has to buy in. If he does not buy in, then he needs to go. Because you don't need to waste this organization's time. You don't need to waste your new head coach's time. And a guy that, that may or may not be uncoachable. Fuck that. Fuck that. That's just my opinion. Gut feeling, I like the Sirianni hire. I do. You know, again, a guy that comes from an organization, you say what you want, Jim Mercer is a bit of a disaster. He is a disaster, actually. But the Colts are an organization that draft well, that are a playoff contender. They have a good offensive line. Sirianni comes from a good organization. I would rather a guy come here and be the head coach from a decent organization than a guy from, you know, no offense to where Deuce went, Detroit, or, you know, the Jets or wherever the fuck. You would rather have a guy come from a decent organization than a disaster because at the end of the day, that's what you are not trying to become. And we're – we're closer to being in the disaster department right now than we are to being in the in the good department, which is bizarre considering we won a Super Bowl three years ago. But nonetheless, uh, here we are. I love the connection to Frank Reich. Again, you know, Frank Reich gave this job, you know, gave gave the birds his blessing with Sirianni, vouched for him, advocated for him. Frank Reich knows the organization. He knows the structure. He knows everything. So it's a symbiotic uh, you know, stamp of approval there that I think goes a long way into pointing this in a positive direction for the birds. That's just 
my personal opinion, one guy's opinion. What are yours? Hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast. Let me know your opinions on the hiring of Nick Sirianni. His staff, he is starting to fill out his staff. News broke today. He brought in Shane Steichen, the former Chargers offensive coordinator, as the offensive coordinator here in Philly. That is huge. Again, we saw Justin Herbert have a tremendous rookie year, more than likely going to be the offensive rookie of the year, and deserves it. It was Joe Burrow's you know, award to lose until the ACL happened. That gave Herbert the inside track. Shane Steichen had to have had a hand in that as the offensive coordinator. Like that hire a lot. Defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, Colts defensive back coach. Uh, from reading up on him, I, I admittedly don't know a ton about him. I'm not watching every single snap of Colts games. But it, 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 from what you know, you, you, you know about his philosophy and, and just doing hairline levels of research after the hire was, was announced, this is a guy that is more than likely going to be way more aggressive than Schwartzy was. That's a good thing, Right. I don't know about anybody else, but it got frustrating as hell watching how predictable this defense would become or had become. Jonathan Gannon should bring a level of aggressiveness to this defense, and it's well needed. Defensive line coach Tracy Rocker hired from the University of Auburn. He just uh, signed there, um, actually, and the Birds hired him away. Excuse me, you know, Sirianni did to be the defensive line coach here in Philly, the passing game uh, coordinator, RIP Press Taylor. Kevin Petullo is now the passing game coordinator for the Birds. He was the Colts' wide receiver coach from 2018 to 2019 and was also their passing game specialist last year. And Jeff Stoutland, the Birds' offensive line coach since 2013, has been retained for the same position. So there's a little bit of Jeff Stoutland is now the – you know, the longest-tenured head coach – or not head coach, longest-tenured coach on this staff, he is the new Deuce Staley in a sense. I don't think people – you know, he, he doesn't have the respect that, that Deuce does in this city because Deuce was a player and, and things like that. But you like to see a little bit of continuity. Uh, I don't know that Stoutland is the guy that I would have wanted to stick around if it were any coach, but, you know, that guy's in Detroit right now, and I can't say that I blame him. If I'm being honest, I would have done the same thing if I were Deuce. <clears throat> so – those are my thoughts on the hiring of Nick Sirianni. Again, my gut feeling, I dig it a lot. He had started to become, he wasn't a guy that was on my radar initially a whole lot, but, you know, his last 24 hours of the search wound down, that was the guy I wanted as, you know, you can kind of read the tea leaves and see the writing on the wall, so to speak. Now, before we get the hell out of here, I want to touch on a little bit of draft talk. Justin, if you could hit me with the uh, – the draft sounder that I uh, I love so much. I look forward to this time of year every year. I love this sound. It makes me so happy. Yes. God, that makes me think of uh, Jameson and cigarettes. A three-day bender coming up in April, and we have officially reached draft season here on the pod. The hot name among Eagles draft circles this year, Devontae Smith. Last year it was Justin Jefferson, right? You see him everywhere. National Championship. Yada, yada. Now you have the most productive receiver from the national champions this year in Alabama being linked to the birds left and right. And again, this is different because this receiver class, while good, while damn good, was not as as elite as last year's. Last year's wide receiver class was akin to the 83 quarterback class. 
you don't get that very often, right? So at 20, uh, 21 where we picked last year, you were still going to get, uh, you know, you still had top-tier receiver talent fall to you, like a Justin Jefferson was on the board at 21, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, T. Higgins ended up having a hell of a year for Cincinnati. He was the first pick in the second round, 33rd overall. And again, I'm still a guy that thinks Jalen Rager can have a a, a good career as well. Um, you know, that's it, hoping Sirianni uses him properly, which Peterson did not. Uh, but the point being, you had guys, last year's receiver class was so deep that you had guys like that fall to 21. This year, picking six overall, you're going to get a top-flight talent. You're going to. And the hot name, the one that everybody wants right now, is Devontae Smith. Fourth wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy. Fourth wide receiver ever to win the Heisman Trophy. They've been giving that trophy away for a long, long time, folks. He is the first receiver to win it since Desmond Howard struck the pose in 1991. This past year, in 2020, he had 117 receptions for 1,856 yards and 23 touchdowns. That's a lot. That's a lot. I will grant you that. It's a lot. Certainly Heisman worthy, especially in a COVID year. But keep in mind, there was no Jalen Waddell as well for the majority of this season. He suffered a broken ankle, uh, returning a kickoff against Tennessee, I believe it was. But I'm going to give you – I haven't quite assembled my big board yet. As I told you last week on the Best of 2020 episode, I'm delving into film right now on guys and, and beginning – prep for the 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 real draft heavy episodes coming over the next you know three months or so but I can tell you right now I do not want Devontae Smith at six and here's why he is listed at six foot one 175 pounds that's what they list this dude at now, why is that worth why is that worth pointing out? Because if they list a guy, you can list a guy at any weight, realistically. They're not going to go out there and list this dude at fucking 200 pounds, clearly. But you can add 10, 15 pounds on a guy on, you know, in, in the program, and it doesn't matter. You know, you're not going to be able to tell necessarily. But when you look at Devontae Smith, the guy is diminutive. He's small out there. His fucking pants look big on him. All right? I get, look, and I'm a big believer in the tape doesn't lie. And I haven't watched a ton of tape, gone back and watched a lot on Devontae Smith yet. I watched enough of Alabama to where, yes, the kid is impressive. He can take the top off of defense. He's a good route runner. I think he's probably going to have a couple good years in the NFL. But the Sean Jackson was 5'10", a buck 75 listed. Okay. So you put a couple more inches on Deshaun Jackson, you get Devontae Smith. You cannot. That, that's, that's fine on Saturday nights in the SEC, right? Guy that can take the top off the defense, do all that stuff. You're not going to have a guy catch fucking 23. That guy has not catch 23 touchdowns in the NFL. Point blank. That doesn't seem that that doesn't happen a whole lot. There's not a lot of Calvin Johnson's, Randy Moss's left in this league. There's not. There's still damn good receivers, but he is not. I don't think you're going to be able to do but so much with a guy that is listed at 6'1, 175. I mean, look, of course, he's a he's a kid. He's going to put weight on. He's going to put weight on. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get bulkier, right? He's not going to be 175 pounds his whole fucking life. God, I hope not. You know, he might get up to 185, 190, which isn't bad. But coming into the league, man, 
being listed at 175. Do you think that's going to go across the middle in the NFL? You think that's going to hold up? Taking a, a, a fucking smack from Derwin James or Antoine Whitfield Jr. or you know Jamal Adams or whoever. That is not a frame that is going to hold up, man, in my opinion. I don't I was Deshaun Jackson is constantly Deshaun Jackson gets injured during a coin toss for a reason. Because the guy is built like a fucking mop. 6'1, 175. You have guys coming out in this draft. Again, we pick six overall. Panay Sewell, one of the best offensive tackle prospects to come out in years. Clearly, the secondary needs to be addressed. Patrick Sertan Jr., the best corner available in this draft, in my opinion. You even have Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, a little bit of a reach at six overall, but you know what? I'd be okay with it. I would take Caleb Farley over Devontae Smith. I haven't even put my big board together yet, but I would. I'd be good with it. Micah Parsons, I'm not even being a Penn State homer here. Tremendous off-ball linebacker. Now we know that the Birds, Howie Roseman, does not value linebacker like that, so you can probably, you know, uh, Micah Parsons isn't going to be as high on Howie's big board as he would be on mine or yours probably, but he deserves to be mentioned. The guy I'm looking at right now that I want is Jamar Chase. Give me the wide receiver out of LSU. Sat out, opted out this past year uh, with the 19. But give me Jamar Chase all day, every day. I think if he came out last year, uh, he may have even been the first receiver picked last year in 2020. Maybe not because the Raiders love speed and they said they went Henry Ruggs, but he would have. Jamar Chase was the best receiver that LSU had last year with Justin Jefferson. And I think he's the best in his draft, even with opting out this year. So I think you hope, okay, Lawrence goes one to, to Jacksonville. You know, I think that the biggest threats probably for Jamar Chase is Miami at three. If all things stay the same, there's going to be movers and shakers because teams are going to be trying to move up and get quarterbacks. I doubt that one through six is going to stay intact exactly where it is. But you look at who's there, and again, I think the biggest threat to take a receiver is Miami at three or Cincinnati at at, at five. I think if, if Jamar Chase falls to five, to Cincinnati, and they can take him to go with Joe Burrow again, and Panay Sewell's not there, I think Chase is the pick if Sewell's gone. So I'm personally hoping to God Sewell and Chase are both on the board at five so the Bengals can go Sewell, protect Burrow, and then Chase falls on our lap at six. That's where I'm at right now. It's subject to change with you know the virtual combine and the way they're going to do it this year, basically being set up like a pro day and everything. But I do not – everybody, I keep seeing Devontae Smith's name all over IG and, and – all these Eagle pages, and I keep hearing his name linked to us, and it just reminds me of last year with Justin Jefferson. And again, Justin Jefferson proved that he could play in the NFL. He's a big slot presence, does most of his damage out of the slot. But again, I just don't see a guy that is listed at 175 pounds. He looks small when you watch Alabama. If he looks small on a Saturday, how small is he going to look on a Sunday? Somebody lays the wood on him, and I mean, come on. It's Deshaun Jackson all over again. We lived this. And Deshaun Jackson won the sixth overall pick. He was a high second-round pick. And even that got frustrating. I don't want to relive the Deshaun Jackson fiasco. Again, Devontae Smith could very well end up having a good two, three years. But I don't see him having the eight to ten year 
high productivity career that you want when you take a guy sixth overall. If you're in a situation the birds are in, you're in cap hell, you're trying to resurrect your quarterback's career, you have to hit a home run at number six. You can't roll the dice on a guy that's the size of a fucking peanut. You can't do it. What are your thoughts? Hit me up at Grease Pole Podcast. Let me know what your big board looks like, who you hope we're taking. And again, this is still so early on in the draft process. My big board's not completely assembled yet, who I want. You know, things of that nature, yada, yada. But I it, it, look, would I fucking burn my house down if we took Devontae Smith? No, it wouldn't be nowhere near the level of rage of, you know, the 53rd overall pick this past year in Jalen Hurts. But I do not want him. I do not want him. Give me either of the corners over him. Honestly, if, if you're going to go receiver that high, it better be Chase. That's just my opinion. With the size of Devontae Smith, what are your thoughts? What do you hope the birds do at six as we sit here at the end of January? A lot can change between now and then, and we will be here to discuss it with you. Give me a follow on the gram at Grease Paul Podcast. Thoughts, concerns, any of that good stuff. Subscribe, rate, review. Sharing is caring. Spread the word out. I will see you back here next time for whatever changes. Come to us in the birds. It is the offseason, but there is always draft talk, and we will be here with your eight ball of draft coverage over the next couple of three months. Looking forward to it. I will see you next time. As always, go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.